This week on This Galarian Life, a murder investigation has our heroes on edge. Is anybody emotional about this, or can we move on to the next beat? But grief is short-lived as the party makes emergency plans. I worry that you may, you may kill him too quickly. Yes, that's what I was concerned about. Should they fight? Or should they hide? We did not do well in that cave. I mean, all the troglodytes didn't do very well either. Some find paths they never expected. It never fights you anyway. Let's get this over with. As the situation gets more and more dire, how will they proceed? I mean, I suppose it's our only shot. Listen to find out. Hey, everybody. It's DM Derek one more time to introduce this episode. Now, I've got some good news and some bad news. I will start with the good news. This last week has been an exceptional week for us in terms of listenership. We've passed goals that I didn't ever think we would get to. And while our numbers are still relatively limited, I am excited about where the momentum for this show could go. And over the next couple of weeks, we're going to try to increase our engagement change some things around and hopefully make this a show that can grow in the future. In terms of our current listenership, I'd like to thank a couple people uh, for getting us where we are. First of all, some listeners we've had since the beginning and some people who have been constantly sharing our posts on our Facebook page. Andrew Ike, David Bowers, and my brother Austin Pritchett have been instrumental in making sure that our posts get likes and shares is spread to as many people as possible. I'd also like to thank at Jerome R.M. Johnson on Twitter, who is our first official organic follow that isn't somebody that we directly know, and then Treading Zero Light on Reddit, who gave us our first review outside of, once again, people we know. So thank you all for what you're doing, and hopefully your input and your following us will have good results in the future. Now on to some of the bad news. All of us on this podcast are still fairly young, uh, trying to find our careers, trying to find our path in life, and sometimes weekly recording schedules don't always fit in with that life. So, unfortunately, this will be Gavin DePaul's last episode. We do not think he will be coming back in a full capacity. That, that doesn't mean he might not be back for an episode or two here or there, but we tried to make this episode as special for him as possible, giving Jacques a interesting and fun way out. So look forward to that. Um, I hate to see him go. I'd hate to see anybody go, but at this point in his life and at this point in the show, we all mutually agreed that it was probably best. That doesn't mean we'll stop working. And with the momentum the show has now, hopefully quality gets better and better and better. With that being said, I present to you episode 12, the flensing chain and the dancing glaive. Smoke is still billowing into the air as the embers from the funeral pyre begin to fade. Several of the refugees still sit outside uh, around Auburn's body, some with tears in their eyes, some with reserved glances, just trying to figure out what they're going to do next. All five of you are still there, kind of standing in, in silence because you're still shocked. The group of people that are still there are Greg's wife, his two children, the town leaders, Jet, Olred, Rhina, 
and a smattering of other random NPCs I haven't defined yet. Greg. Oh, God, she's dead. She? She? Question mark? She died as she lived, as somebody in this camp I don't know. The same could be said about me. We don't know each other well. Is anybody emotional about this, or can we move on to the next beat? She was definitely popular among the people, but uh, I didn't know her. Greg, your wife walks up to you. Boom, 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 <laughs> boom. I'm leaving the podcast in now. <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck is William? You arrived as they were burning the body, but I mean, she was pretty pretty burnt up when you got there, so you weren't able to like ascertain cause of death. What if it's not really her? <laughs> I cast my divination spell. It's a prank, bruh. I cast de- <clears throat> I cast detect Aubrin. <laughs> you pick up an aura of Aubrin all over in the air as she is ashes now. Hey Greg, you're wise. What uh what happens when we die? You go to your god. Uh okay then. So, Greg, do you think my god will appreciate me and my works on this on this mortal plane? Which god is yours? Caden Kalian. You're a drunken idiot, so yeah. Oh, that's so good to hear. Thank you, Greg. Could you hold me? Stay away from me. <laughs> so, Greg, your wife walks up to you. Um, and she Shame shame what happened. Indeed. What happened? Oh, that's right, you weren't here. Uh, no, she we were. She took one of the evening watches and I guess in retrospect, not a very good thing for a blind person. No, why who put her on watch? Oh she, she is in fact blind. And hobbled. And still and hobbled. Who put her on watch? We were gone for how long? <laughs> Basically the whole night. Uh, she says she she insisted on it. She said she's the strongest of all of us, which obviously is true. Um, so we really? I don't know. You all somehow survived. But, yeah, blind, I mean, crippled woman. I'm pretty sure. Pretty out sure out you of and the, the kids are probably better off than her. Regardless, she wanted to go out. There was another watching, but he was doing a kind of rounds. She was just standing by the cave, making sure that it was protected. And when we, when the sun rose, we walked outside and, and she was dead, stab wounds, and she was obviously murdered. No one heard anything. I didn't hear anything. Nobody, nobody says they heard anything. All right, I know how these things go. Which one of you did it? You. This is right. an inside job. I don't know, investigator. Can you do anything about this? No, nope. I'm a swashbuckler now. <laughs> <laughs> I've left my investigating days behind me. Until fourth no. level. He has a point. There might be uh, someone involved. Greg, there you might make... be someone involved. See, <clears throat> Gavin's taking over investigator. I mean, Jacques. Maybe. Instead of Jacques Russo, it's Jacques Clouseau. Ha ha. Mana, Greg, make now. a sense motive check. Do I get a bonus or a negative for my wife? The sense of my wife's motive. Uh, I'll give you a plus two. Sweet, you know that's a 13. Dude, fuck yeah. 
you can't tell what, but she's holding something back. And it doesn't seem like she's being, like, deceptive so much as she just doesn't want to talk about it. I say don't lie to me, woman, and I give her a full German. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I can't actually do that. I don't have a very high CMB. And that concludes the adventure. Okay, well, I'll, I'll address that later. Not in front of all of the refugees. And these idiots will follow me around and protect them. Okay. Uh, later approaches. <laughs> oh, God. We're just going to jump right into that. Uh, I guess uh, whenever uh, it's uh, it's later and we're uh, uh, sometime we'd be relatively alone. Kids aren't around and there's no one necessarily like right next to us. I know that this being a refugee camp space isn't exactly... Her privacy isn't exactly something you get easily. You find a, a secluded spot. It's a good 50 feet. Which is just behind you. her. You climb into her pouch. <laughs> yep. So you, so you find a spot. Nobody around. God's above. Alright. So, uh, honey, uh, earlier when I asked, you were, uh, was something troubling you? What do you mean? I give her a very stern, but not threatening look. Uh, she begins to act like she's trying to think of think of what you might be talking about, and then she her face kind of becomes more emotional, and a tear starts rolling down her cheek, and she goes, "Craig, it's it's just so horrible. They, whoever murdered her, they." They took her head, and we couldn't find it. We looked and looked. All we have is everything below the shoulders, and it's just like that poor, poor Clinton boy. I I don't know how anybody could do that to another person. So we've got someone who's decapitating people around here, right? Are you asking? I don't think we can ask him. Yeah, that was definitely more of a uh, just a general statement to say. Being like, oh great, there's people, there's someone who's cutting people's heads off. Right, murdering and decapitating. Yeah, it's happened multiple times. Oh well, I'd be really surprised if they decapitated, but they didn't murder. Well, that'd be almost more horrifying. The court, their bodies just walking around, their heads still alive. <laughs> Where's my body? What's happening? It is a fantasy <laughs> world. Uh, you just based on the cuts and whatnot. Uh, that you got off of Clendon last time, the head was removed after the murder is kind of what I meant. So <laughs> they kill, and then they take the head as a trophy. Is there like a... Dang it, this is where being a ranger without knowledge of local really fucking sucks. Get um, just ask the question, and we'll see if I can answer it. Uh, I just, like, is there like any like boogeyman that lives in the nearby woods that like is known for taking people's heads off, like how Gashma was like a notorious boar. You have lived in Fandar near the Fangwood for a good portion of your life now. You have never heard of a creature doing that. Okay. There's no... All right. That's unfortunate. Um, um, is there anyone... See, there's everyone... Everyone... All of our refugees that are left are like uh, people from town... And then, like, there's a handful of, like, travelers that we saved, right? Like, one of them was the kid, the other kid who got his head chopped off, and there was another traveler. Or was that other traveler the, uh, 
the werewolf cowboy that we had to kill as well. Yeah, he was. So you rescued two two travelers, the inn, and then Edrin came separately. Hmm. So there are three outsiders. Two of them are dead. Give me just like a general that's sense motive roll over the entire population of the people who are refugees, not counting PCs. That a fucking thing you couldn't do. Hot damn! I'm just, I'm just, GM hand waving it. Okay, well this roll went considerably better. How's a nineteen? From what your general perception of the people, how they reacted to Auburn's death, how they reacted to Clinton's death, and what you've seen of them over the past two weeks, you are very hard pressed to believe it would be any one of them. But, I mean, an investigation's an investigation. Fair enough. I will uh, go relay this to the party. We've got some kind of murder about. I'm chopping yeah, people's heads off. Good. No. Well, unless you see a stepladder around here, I think I'm in the clear. Well, the heads were removed post-mortem. Ah, so... uh, who do we know with a strong slashing weapon? Just saying, I may not have had a great alibi the first time, but I definitely have a good alibi this time. Oh, what was your alibi the first time? I mean, I was... Mm, what? Yeah, so Clinton and I were doing things, and then he died. Was the body of Auburn of similar death as to Clinton? Was uh, was the kid stabbed to death, or was it just... Yeah. His head was chopped off, too. Stabbing and head chopped. I think the um, well, uh, the decapitation's the bigger mo. Uh, well, uh, then I dare say you are at the cave with us, so your alibi is pretty pretty good there. And I was at the cave with you all, as I take the bullet, my bladed weapon, and kind of place it on the ground. <laughs> what uh, what weapons do the other people in camp carry? All right, everybody, weapons out. We're all gonna. Hey, you, I want you all to go <clears throat> up to Cyrix. And take a big swing right at the neck. And whoever beheads her, that's our guilty man. Excuse me? Nah, if she is a, <laughs> if she is a witch, she will drown. <laughs> like just going around talking to people or whatnot. And then what you remember of Clinton's body, it was probably like a dagger that did the deed. Also, the decapitations have been pretty clean. So you would think somebody, it would be somebody with some some skill. Interesting. What other martial characters do we have in the, the, the camp that are, that is not Grogug or I? I asked the party. Uh, you're asking the wrong guy. Uh, so <clears throat> I guess, Derek, what other people in the in the town have a bladed weapon? Within the refugees, I mean, a handful of them probably would carry daggers just as, like, hunting implements, just as, like, you know, tools, but right, all of right. them are, like... Hunters and gatherers, not like... Right, none of them would be particularly trained in combat. What do you think, Greg? Hard to say. Most of these folk don't seem like the kind to uh, do such a thing. But these are trying times. Give me an intelligence check. Add add your favorite enemy bonus to it. (sighs) Fourteen. You wouldn't put this past Hobgoblin. I mean, of course. Who would have arrived there? Oh, wait, so, I mean, I know rangers are racist, but am I really just going to be like, I bet hobgoblins did this? Well, I, I mean... Considering uh, the circumstances, Greg, I think saying the hobgoblins did it is not uh, 
unlikely. But if the hobgoblins are doing this, why why aren't they just like killing us all? Well, what if it's not hobgoblins and a hobgoblin? Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, aren't uh, hobgoblins kind of a little more brutish? Am I just being stereotypical there? They are brutish, but they are just as they aren't as sneaky as a goblin. But when the goblin is the sort of apex of sneakiness, a hobgoblin is its second cousin. Mm. It is just as incestuous and just as nimble. Mm. Maybe they're trying to draw us out? I think that's the case. It'll make it harder for us to move, maybe less sure. Maybe they're trying to slow us down. Hobgoblins would be smart enough to uh, do a terror campaign against us. Um, okay, I kind of look around the camp and at the dark woods, realizing that although we're in a cave, there are quite a few places that a hobgoblin can hide. Oh, the entire woods? Maybe. Well, uh, dare I say maybe we should all go to bed. And I look at, uh, Greg, and I kind of shake my head. I don't understand what you mean by that. <laughs> like, you're, you're not supposed to go to bed, I think. Like, you'll stay up and see what's going on tonight. Yeah, can you said I roll a perception check on this? <laughs> I, nobody gets it because of my deception shit. Uh, and I kind of realize that. I kind of roll my eyes and I'm like, maybe we all pretend to sleep tonight. And uh, Greg sneaks out of camp and watches. Or maybe one of us acts as a, quote, lone, a lone bodyguard of the camp. Someone who is easily ambushable. Ah, uh, that seems to be my role around here. Using him as bait. I love it. When when catching a hobgoblin. Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and uh, strip nude and do a little uh, tee -hee dance. <laughs> I don't think that's what we asked of you, but get on it. Oh, I was saying before tonight, as a sort of to blow off steam before this intense mission. Well, uh, do what you need to do to get ready. So we're doing a combination of watches and trucks and bait. Mostly Truxton bait. Me and, uh, um, me and, with this plan, me and, um, Begley's character would be alone. Guys, I saw this great vine. What I'm gonna do is slather myself up in peanut butter and roll around grossly. <laughs> well, so you do that. I'm gonna make some weird improvised camouflage. Where are you gonna get peanut butter? Is that going into our provision points? Because I, <laughs> I forbid it. I got some lube in my bedroll if you want that instead. No. I Gross. mean... All, uh, pe all peanut butter is lube, but not all lube is peanut butter. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> great philosophical question of our day. Wait, but what about chunky peanut butter, though? Mm. <laughs> okay, so Truxton's out dancing. Who's watching? Uh, Greg, that's what we planned on. But I'm dancing like nobody's watching. So the first night, the first night, um, it gets to be right before sunrise and nothing has happened yet and then the sun rises and nothing happens truxton's kind of worn out from all the dancing though as we wake up i kind of try to think of a, a better situation as i see those two coming back separately but nonetheless maybe uh do you think they know we were watching i don't i i just i worry for the the worst case for us quick question how uh i'm not sure if we asked this already but how how long apart was uh the kid's murder and the ranger's murder. Yeah. Clendon was murdered a couple days, two or three days. Maybe they will strike in a couple more days. Do I know this Beheading is a faceless stalker? Beheading on a cooldown? I said, do I know this is a faceless stalker? Uh, you wouldn't think so. God, those are scary. 
Do I recall any details from the night that I definitely did not murder Clinton? He got up to go pee. Um, he had zero hair on his body. Right. But he okay. carried a Hello Kitty lunchbox with him. And then he, like, basically separated himself from the group and was attacked and murdered. So, so, I, reca- so I recall that. So if Clinton was murdered because he was with me and left... And Aubrin was murdered because the guy she was with was walking on rounds. Should we try bait that openly leaves the cave and the group nearby? Yeah, do you think they're not attacking because we're here? You know, maybe, but uh, we were we were here whenever uh, the, the, the poor uh, soul who got laid before he died. Nice. We were here at the same time as that, or at least you all were. Well, but didn't he, didn't he separate himself from the group, though? I mean, so did Aubrey. I assume because you didn't go right. out into the woods. But as much as I'd like to test that theory, uh, you're good in combat at the moment. Yes, but... Right, so I would definitely just kill whoever was out there. I understand but, uh, what you're saying. So was, yeah, we want to so get him for questioning. No, um... Yes, 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 that's it. Okay, I get it. I worry that you may have, you may kill him too quickly. Yes, that's what I was concerned about. I don't know my own strength anymore. I'm over here just dropping motherfuckers. Mainly because you use Dex. Yeah. Well. So should we just... So we should just Dexterity. use one of the Craig's kids' bait. Maybe... Yes, uh, that is a great idea. Greg, um, I don't know much about uh, Prince from Feet, but... I ask if uh, if maybe we 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 looked around in the forest this morning quickly. Could we could we see from good hiding spots if there are any tracks? Could we? Could I make survival checks? Yeah, you can take twenty if you want. Ooh! I will Start so. searching the close forest. Um. So we'll say you check a radius of say two thousand three hundred, <clears throat> feet. Um, lots of humanoid footprints. I mean, that's to be expected. Some animal prints, troglodyte prints. You do make out what you would suspect to be soldier boots, mm-hmm. um, passing through, but not necessarily ever getting close to the camp. Like, not going towards the camp, just near. So, folks, we know it's some type of bird or winged creature. It is fair. Oh, Greg, there's a bow or winged creature that is wearing boots for some reason. Did you did you find where they came from? Or is it too hard to figure out with all of the other tracks? Taking 20, that would be a 29. And then if it's a goblin, I get like some bonuses. So it'd be a 31. Yeah. <clears throat> um, For the area you covered, there... I mean, this would be like a mission for days with as big as the forest is. To carefully search through everything but in the area you came from there's several different entry points where they were coming from it's seems like it's potentially the the friends are like patrol or like food gathering missions or whatever from them as well so not too much information nobody like i said nobody like approached the camp this is very some but that that you can tell a good friend of mine I love her, The one thing uh, she would do is she would speak with dead. But I wish we had something like that. Unless that spell. I can only assume Aubrey had that spell. <laughs> <laughs> I said we, we put on the performance. 
have someone go out in the woods and act as bait a little deeper. Oh, I assume that'll be me. I mean, probably. Uh, do you feel safe doing that? I would like, mind. Last chance to bring honor to your family and volunteer one of your kids. <laughs> All right, I'll do it. I'm just, I'm going to cut it off right here. You could be doing this for three weeks. Nothing's going to happen. All right, so okay. three weeks later. Um, but, um, but, um, but, um. <laughs> what happens at three weeks, one day? Nothing happens. So while, while Truxton is doing his thing, who else would be on the watch? Do you send the same people every night or? We definitely swap it around. I'm worried that Truxton will get exhausted. So I just don't have a good perception check. So I'd assume right. uh, Begley's character, Cyrix, would do the perception check and I'd be the bait. I'd just bring a dagger instead of a, a sword. Okay, so are you guys like sleeping during the day then? If we have to. Two or three days have passed. You all have been like keeping watch in the evening, and I assume sleeping during the day. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you all are asleep in the cave. Uh, the majority of the refugees are out gathering food and whatnot. And Jacques, you mm -hmm. you sit up and feel a hand on your shoulder. I uh. Look to my which shoulder is it? Uh, left. All right. Uh, my my weapon is to the right. I calmly say, "Why are you here?" Oh, I'm not really here. You turn around. Uh, you realize pretty easily that you're you're sleeping. Oh, you're you're in a dream because behind you is Auburn. Jacques, there's there's things in this world that are. Oh, not so, not so great. I mean, obviously, I'm not here anymore. Uh, and maybe we, you all could use that as an opportunity to learn. Um, here, take this book. Read it. Learn from it. She hands you a red leather book, dusty on the top. The pages are gilded on the edges and on the front in silver writing. Uh, perhaps like actual silver, like metallic silver. It the book is titled "The Secret Histories of the Divine." Uh, thank you. Use it well, Jack. I gotta be going. So, what do you do? Well, since this is uncomfortable, I might as well get it over with. And I start reading. Uh, you open the book, and it says Chapter One, Aridin. Um, it's fuzzy. A lot of it. Uh, you scroll down, you flip through the pages, and there's one paragraph that almost seems like to be true. It, it's almost as if light is coming from the page on these air on the paragraph, and the ink is much clearer than the other parts. This section reads: Aridin created four holy spirits to ward off the evils of Galarian. These celestial beings would take the shape of members of the sentient races and fight when things looked bleakest. However, as Aridin vanished, they became mortal as well. Those who still look for Aridin believe that these scions exist in some form. Whether by being passed down as a birthright or some other magical means, the cult of Aridin seeks them out. The search has proven difficult as the scions have lost touch with their true purpose. In lore, the Scions are only known by the monikers Aridin gave them. The Soldier, the Thought, the Dealer, and the Woodsman. 
something called the thought is a unfortunate. <laughs> and that's spelled T-H-O-U-G-H-T. The implication is there. Right. Gavin, you wake up. Your head is lying on a book. As you open your eyes, you are in the middle of the forest. What the hell? You, if you look at the book, it is entitled The Secret Histories of the Divine. And I pick it up. Vibrating ever so slightly. Do I feel like I should keep this safe? I, I almost feel like there's a certain level of compulsion to reopen it. I definitely follow through with this. Not the, not the wisest shack, definitely a little too faithful. You open it up to the first page. It reads chapter 12, Shellian and Zonkuthan. There, the pages are blank, but if you keep flipping forward, there is a series of paragraphs that exist in the middle of one of the pages, almost as if everything else was blanked out. After Aridin fell, Zonkuthan sought to overcome the scions of Aridin, so he created his own in his own image. This creature also changes bodies as time passes, but the stories claim it is somehow different. Amongst the Kuthites, they are known as the Flensing Chain. Shellian, his sister, sought to counter her brother's evil designs with her own scion. The Dancing Glaive, the Chain, and the Glaive mostly work to overturn each other's deeds, avoiding direct confrontation. It is said when the two do meet in combat, the results could be cataclysmic. Roll a perception check. Voila. Uh, Jacques rolls an 11 for uh, a minus 1 to a 10. In the distance. Father. 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 And I look around for my glaive. It is nowhere to be found. Man approaches, scars on his face, blue eyes. You know him. Father, I haven't seen you in a while. He wields a spike chain. Striking another person down who has no weapon, huh? That's not what this is. I have no... No desire to kill you. And yet here you are, with the weapon. I carry my god's holy symbol like you do. But no, this this isn't about revenge or murder or anything. This is about preserving Zon Kuthon's divine order. I see you found the book. I kind of put the book further away from him behind me and say... Yes. It's just information. You need to hide it from me. I, I know it. See, there's certain machinations in order that are that are put into place to maintain the order of all of Galarian, of all of the planes. See, you might call my god evil, violent, or whatever, but the, there is a certain truth in the fact that he needs existence in order to maintain his power. It is said that when the scions of Zankuthan and Shelian fight could bring in an end to existence. So I shall not be fighting the scion today. However, there is a path we must take. The longer we stay on Galarian, the more likely it becomes that we end up fighting here. My god. And I assume your god can't take that risk. So here's the deal. I open up a portal. You walk through that portal. And you never come back. I'll open up a second portal. I'll walk through that portal. And I'll never come back. We save the world by separating ourselves from each other. Or else 
we could end it right here now. I kind of stand up and laugh and say, I don't, uh, I don't know why I looked for my glaive. I'd never fight you anyway. It is destined. Maybe tomorrow. Let's get this over with. And the only way not to fight is... And he raises the chain above his head in one powerful motion, snaps it in half, and behind you opens up a portal. All you see through the portal is lush green fields. He then takes both ends of the chain and touches the ends together, and they fuse back, and a portal opens up behind him. Through it, you see a dark, gray, desolate wasteland. And he looks at you, and he says, Goodbye, Father. For now. See you later. As I walk through the portal, though, I want to slyly throw the book to the ground. What kind of emotion are you going for? Like, anger, or just... Yeah. You're leaving it behind. Tossing it to the side. Okay. When really, I want to, like, leave it for them. I mean, imagine it where... Jack throws the book onto the ground. The camera would kind of pan down, watch it like wobble as it comes to rest, and then pan up, and both of the portals and both of the men are gone. Back at camp, you all eventually wake up, and next to Jacques' bedroll lies his armor, his glaive, and no Jacques. Where did he run off to this time? You do a cursory watch outside of of the cave, just a couple feet, and can't find him. Uh, go ahead and make a well, check. Yes, he's gone. I swear, I better not find his headless corpse around here. Heck, that's only a 12. So you see out of the cave humanoid footprints, and they're kind of like, the gate is a little weird. Definitely a man of, like, Jacques' height, but it's just kind of like, more stumbly than you would expect from him. Interesting. But they do look like his height and weight. You would, yes. <laughs> the boy's gone again. I look across the party, first to the whore, then to the ranger, then to the gnome. I then turn away from the gnome and look at the whore and the ranger. Figure out where we go next. I'll find the boy. And he puts a sword in real cool and starts walking off Gorgoog style. A couple hours later, you track him down, you track his footprints down, but at a certain point, they just disappear. Um, and all that remains is a book entitled The Secret Histories of the Divine. So you pick that up. That, what, does, uh, what does my detect magic tell me about the area around the book? Around the book? Around the, the book. book and of the book. The book is um, putting out a very, very strong aura um not necessarily any one school of magic but very strong um and there are some latent auras of conjuration magic too specifically boy done did it well i will begin traveling back to camp flipping through the book on the way so if you open the book uh you open it to the first page and it reads it says chapter eight gorum and for the most part, it just talks about things you already know. Um, there are some cultists who bloodlet using massive weapons. Other than that, pretty standard Gorham stuff. But as you flip through the book, there is <clears throat> nothing else except for that chapter. 
That means we could use this book on a Warsburg of Forgotten God and learn something. I wonder if other people can read the book over to my shoulder. I guess we'll find out. Uh, well, let's jump back into the camp scene. So you all are sitting in the cave. Um, the refugees are all gone. And I guess from here, you all abandoned the Troglodyte cave. I guess there's a couple loose ends out there. Um, so I just... There is? Oh, most definitely. Um, what I know of, like, would my survival, or I guess it'd be knowledge local or either or... Like, do I know of any other, like, places that we could go in the woods? You think it'd be pretty easy to find another location like this or a fairly secluded spot in the woods, but your worry is that it's going to be temporary. You need... If there are hobgoblins in the woods, especially one who just is going around murdering, I think maybe your goal should be something more defensible. Do I know of any such locations? You know of one. There's a nice little cavern. There's a top floor, a bottom floor, several rooms, uh, alarm mushrooms in the first chamber, a supply of water. Is that really a good idea? Is alarm mushroom? What is an alarm mushroom? A mushroom that squeals when something gets too close to it. Is that real? Yeah. Existent real life eans. <laughs> it's <laughs> fantasy. There's a lot of weird mushrooms in fan in Pathfinder. That that cavern exists, but you also know that it's gonna be dark on the bottom floor and you fought some kind of weird shit in that tunnel going down, so I I could understand you as a party having reservations about that. Is it worth it anymore? What's worth it again? Survival. Oh, yeah. No. Never has been. I mean, I for one don't want anyone I know having their head cut off by goblins. Definitely don't want anyone I know being sold into slavery by goblins. Well, hold on now. I feel like you've expressed very negative sentiments towards me. True. And even then, I wouldn't throw you to the goblins. Help a plan to at least recover your corpse. (laughs) What are we doing out here, though? Do you think the troglodytes know we're here? I mean, didn't we kill them all? We killed their leadership. Yeah, and she almost killed me. <laughs> you survived. Right now, we're focusing on survival. There's not enough of us to warrant any kind of attacks that might lure them to us. No, I know, As... but what if they attack us first? They've already attacked us first. Right now, we need to flee and hide and survive until we can get a real plan together and get reinforcements. Or recon, or intelligence, something. Where are we fleeing to? Like, what's the nearest town? It, what? What? There's not another town for miles. If anything, the only place that I think we have to hide at the moment would be that cave full of troglodyte corpses. It's a good defensible position. It's got water inside. And we can go deeper in the cave. Fair enough as well. I mean, I'm always interested in going deeper, but... Ha! Uh- Fuck you, Derek. <laughs> but seriously, we did not do well in that cave. I almost died. Jacques almost died. Well, I mean, all the troglodytes didn't do very well either. We killed them all. And if we have backing from the few people that know how to carry a sword around camp, we can definitely defend it. My only real concern is light. 
troglodytes could see in the dark. Um, I don't know about any either of you, but I uh, lack that quality. I've got dark vision. You can have one of my eyes. <laughs> Metal. But for real, though, uh, this cave is shallow enough to where uh, light can come in, but that uh, that cavern is uh, quite Look, cavernous. Can we get some torches hung up? We could, but we'd burn through a lot of fuel. Well, really? Also, about... having fires in caves can be dangerous. Oh. I mean... Well, this is why I'm not in charge. Cyrix, can you... I'm sure you can cast light. Yeah, I was about to... And Greg can probably... Or not Greg. Grogu could probably cast it, too. Give me a couple I... levels. I'll be throwing light all over the place. I mean, there are ways around the light situation. I can handle that. Fair enough. So... Other than that, though, we don't have very many options. I'm cool with that option. I like it. Okay. Once that half orc gets back, uh, Grogu... I think he's on a bit of a fool's errand at the moment. Whenever he gets back, the four of us and uh, a couple steady hands, uh, we can probably make sure the cave is 100% safe. Ranger, your plan is commendable, I suppose. But let's say we all go to this cave, clear out whatever remaining troglodytes are left, figure out this whole light situation... What happens when we come back and there's another funeral pyre in front of this cave? Well, you see, that's the thing. When we head to that cave, we bring everyone with us. They yeah. set up They set up camp, we clear out the bottom. And I tell you what, if you want, Cyrix, if it'll make you feel better, y'all can clear out the bottom and I'll stay up with them to keep them safe. Somehow I feel like the villagers would be less safe with you. Oh no, they'd be quite safe. No one would dare come near the cave knowing he's there. He'd annoy them to death. <laughs> I mean, I suppose it's our only shot. I'm a fan of the plan. It's not the best plan in the world, but it's what we've got. I think it is the best plan in the world. Right. In the I... meantime, uh, let's tell everyone that we're going to pack up and leave. And hopefully by the time we do that, Grogu will be back. Hopefully with, with what what's that German fellow's name? Hans, I believe. I thought it was Fritz. He might be right. Maybe he was Russian? We're going with the cave plan. We're going with the cave plan. We're going with the cave plan. Is there some way we could return to the corpse of Gashma and somehow make a gigantic tent out of it? Just oh, stuff all the refugees into it? Star Wars Episode Five action, you say? I mean, I think you already like removed his meat, so you would probably have it. Also, there'd be... So, so what you're saying is there's lots of room for... So refugees. We took all the meat out. Now we can replace it with delicious, delicious refugee meat. Can I just yes. use prestidigitation to make it look like the cave doesn't exist? No. Can it's I put not. some leaves in front of the cave to make it look like there's no cave? Now we're talking! <laughs> can I prestidigitate the leaves so that they're uh, perpetually orange? Yes. I've literally been waiting three months for somebody to say, let's just put leaves in front of the fucking cave. Woo! That would have solved so many murders. <laughs> that's not true. If that's in the AP, fuck the writers. I'm a genius. <laughs> Around this time, Grogoog arrives back in camp. <clears throat> Here's the long and the short of it. The boy's gone, and not by mundane means. I'm not sure every hurt. To be frank, I don't entirely care. And I found this book. Also, clearly not mundane. 
suppose if you need a primer on whatever gods you choose to worship, have a look. Well, I, a, I guess it makes sense. Paladin would have a holy book of some kind. Maybe he left like a note in here that said where he went. Flip through it? I open it up and I like jiggle the pages. Uh, nothing falls out, but if on the first page, Cyrix, it reads chapter 7, Calistria. And there's nothing else there. Like it just says chapter seven, Calistria, but like no text. Just well, there, like there's the text, title. but <laughs> there's there's text, but there's no chapter one through six or anything past that. Oh, okay. And there's nothing too interesting. I mean, there were like prostitutes who fought in wars under the name of Calistria and that kind of stuff. But I mean, you've heard those stories. If like Truxton picks it up, it'll say like. Chapter 3, Caden Callion, um, and nothing else. If Greg picks it up, it'll say Chapter 12, Erastil, but it only reveals one chapter at a time. So that's, that's just weird, I guess. It's probably worth some money the way it changes around the, like that. No, I've got a great idea for this book, and I want to keep it. Jacques's gone, the footprints and trail ends. That's what Grogu comes back with, so... I don't know what you make of that. He disappeared on us once before. Maybe he's just gone again. Rather disappointing, really. Never can. He's notoriously unreliable. So you're making your way towards the cave. Damn it. You gather everybody up. Make perception checks. Oh, oh nat 20. Checks. Oh, that that's so great, Truxton, that you rolled oh, a, a hey, nat Hey, I rolled a nat 22. I oh, somebody, <laughs> actually, somebody actually rolled a natural 20. Greg, along some of the routes as you guys are walking, I would imagine you're probably ranging ahead a little bit. Uh, along some of the routes you noticed earlier, the patrol routes, um, is a patrol of, let's say, four hobgoblins. Oh, that's just great. I uh, scuttle back and inform my companions that there's a patrol of hobgoblins out and about. Uh, I say we just like try to go the way they weren't going. Were they just out patrolling, like scouting? Yeah. And there's just four of them. Yeah. Are you guys being quiet about this? I assume we're whispering. No, I just like, I just see them. I just <laughs> 180 sprint back. <laughs> hey, everybody, there's hobgoblins over here. There's <laughs> um, some fucking hobgoblins. So, so, what do you think we should do about it, Bobby? <laughs> <laughs> So, so these are like the ones you fought in Feandar when you were level one. And I rolled a forty-seven in initiative. <laughs> so, so I guess I'll go first. I say, I say, we kill them before they get a chance to find us, sneak up behind us, and kill us, kill the refugees. Also, maybe you can get information about the assassin if it is a hobgoblin. Oh. Also, I'm in a torturing mood, so let's kill some hobgoblins. Right, kill two, kill three of them, leave one alive. Does does any of the, one of them look like a, a leaderish type? So you have more spiky bits on his armor, or um, which one looks like a little bitch? There are three that look like foot soldiers, and two that would look like they're more highly trained scouts. Fair enough. But think of it as the difference between like someone in boot camp and a private. Well, that's fair. Uh, I say we uh, take one one of the scouts, the one that. One of the ones that doesn't, or the scouts are the ones that look like privates and not boot camp boys, right? No, the, so there are recruits and there are scouts. Okay, let's take one of the scouts alive. 
Okay. I concur. I'll seduce the hobgoblin. So you all... <laughs> we uh, we kind of... Uh, we have a Since we know where they are, yeah, we'll, uh, we creep on up to them and uh, surprise round. Um, I'm going to fire my bow and uh, miss horribly. That's an 11. Actually, it's probably not a horrible miss, just not a, a very good... Like, it's a near miss, probably. Yeah, that was just a really bad roll. I rolled like I rolled like a two, and then with all my bonuses, I got eleven. Like, mm, that did not go well. Um, the arrow, the arrow flies past one of their heads. They all turn towards the direction, and one of them says, "Oh, looks like we found the bounty, boys." And that's the end of our broadcast week. Hey, bye, Gavin. R.I.P. I love you. <laughs> okay, no, stop. 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 We're going to get copyrighted. Stop. <laughs>